for this. What is nothing? Hey, yeah, that's D. What in the fuck are we doing here? That's deep, bro. Welcome to That's Deep, bro. Uh, I'm Christina, your host. And uh, today's episode, I will be giving advice to people. <laughs> it's, cra- it's crazy. But, you know, if you've... Uh, people have written in asking for advice, and I... Uh, I hate, Tom, this is Tom's headphones. Okay, here he goes. I'm sitting at Tom's mic... When we record your mom's house, this is his mic generally. He operates the soundboard and, you know, manipulates the show with his his propaganda. But anyway, uh, uh, today I'll be taking your emails and I will be answering your life problems. <laughs> I'm, I'm not qualified to do this in any clinical way. I don't have a degree in psychology or marriage and family counseling. Um... I have a bachelor's degree in philosophy. I dropped out of law school after two weeks when I was 26 years old. Um, I've been fired from or and or quit uh, 22 jobs in the span of four years. What else? I've um, been a professional comedian since 2007. I got a couple of dogs. <laughs> I got a kid. I love processed meats. Um, and I have a husband. And uh, other than that, that's all that qualifies me. So I'm going to answer your emails. But before that, uh, hey, do you use Amazon? I hope you do. Please shop using my banner for That's Deep Bro Podcast.com. What you do is go to That's Deep Bro Podcast.com. Uh, click on the Amazon banner, do your shopping as you normally would. It just kicks back some change. Also, uh, really important, I'm doing one-night comedy tours, man. I'm back on the road, bros, but I'm doing it a little differently. I'm only doing one night in in uh, some cities, and I think that's it's going to be so fun. I'm doing September 27th in Seattle at the Tacoma Comedy Club, September 28th, Portland, Oregon at Helium Comedy Club, October 4th, Dallas Tejas at Hyenas Comic Club. October 5th, Houston, Texas at The Secret Group. October 23rd, Indianapolis, Indiana at Morty's Comedy Club. And then October 24th, Cincinnati, Ohio. Go Bananas. The infamous uh, Cincinnati where the Cincinnati fart happened. For those of you who listen to your mom's house, you'll know that when I was five months pregnant, I had... The uh, longest fart of my life at the Renaissance Hotel in Cincinnati, Ohio, in room 618. And uh, if I, I hope I have time. Uh, sometimes these one-nighter tours, it's not always e- easy to do, but I would like to pilgrimage back to room 618, um, feel the energy of the room, maybe go, you know, reminisce, maybe take a knee, maybe cry. I don't know. I'm really excited to uh, to do these stand-up tours. Um, it should be really fun. And then this is way into the future. December uh, 8th, no, December 9th and 10th, 
I'm in Washington, D.C. at the uh, Washington, D.C. Improv. I've, that's such an f- amazing club, man. Wow. Look at my life. What a, what a blessing in the skies, as they say. Now, yeah. you put a number by every fucking person that you emailed, Skype fucked, tweet fucked, yeah. link fucked. Yeah. And wh- which one of your goals on this other side of the paper <laughs> they have anything to do with? There you go. There's Dan Payne, you guys. I got an email from his, and I signed up for his newsletter because I, I was looking through his website as I, I went down the, the rabbit hole of Dan Pena last week and I put my email in somewhere and I got a newsletter telling me when the next available seminar is in Scotland that he does, he charges like $20,000 for people to go listen to him in Scotland for a week. And you have to wear a suit when you sit in his class. I, I saw some videos of these poor people wearing suits and ties. Could you even imagine me? Oh my God. This guy would just chew me up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh let's get the party started. We're going to take your emails today, but first let's um let's do this. I forgot to close my fucking email accounts on the MacBook. Don't you hate that? When you're recording your podcast and you forget to turn off your GD uh, mail and the JD messaging and then you keep getting boop, 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 boops. Ugh. Anyway, this is The Clash, my favorite of the favorites. What a great band. I There's a great documentary out about the, the Clash and Punkers and Joe Strummer, uh, who was the singer of the Clash and how this all came about. And, you know, this is a, it's interesting because I'm, I'm of the generation that really shit on consumerism. And I'm not saying that it's necessarily better than embracing it, 
But I definitely think we questioned the uh, American dream, and the Clash are British, obviously, and they uh, came up during Thatcher's regime in England, and everyone hated Margaret Thatcher because she wasn't for the working class. The point being, uh, this is a time when uh, in music and in culture where you just you question stuff just a little bit more than I feel we're doing now. It's kind of the hey, what's the what are we doing here? What's do I really need the house and the car and the job and the suits and all that shit? You know, do I really? And so Joe Strummer and these guys they squatted in disgusting, uh, disgusting projects in in England and made really cool music and uh, and then he died of cancer way too young in life. There you go. There's the clash. <laughs> so there you go. I play that song, you know, in, in light of what's happening right now in America. America is going through uh, hopefully a hopefully a um, a growth spurt, and as all growth spar- spurts occur, they are painful. Um, there's a lot of trauma and a lot of old shit that's got to rearrange and change into the new. Um, it's kind of it's an exciting time in a way. It's a depressing and exciting time. I say depressing because I I grew up in Los Angeles. I grew up um, watching the Rodney King beatings. Um, watched him get the shit beat out of him, and then I watched the cops who did it uh, get acquitted. <laughs> and and I saw my city go nuts because of it. Rightly so. I saw L.A. burn down. We burned it down. Not me. Um, I was 15 years old and I lived in the suburbs, but other people, they burned down Los Angeles. And I remember thinking at the time as a teenager, like, wow, surely, surely this will change um, the violence against uh, black people by the police. And this is going to change everything because, you know, we burned down the city and policies are going to be different and legislation, legislation is going to change and and uh hey there you go we're 2016 and hmm same shit different toilet i believe is the proper saying not that i condone um obviously please don't fucking email me and uh, what about the police getting yeah i know look everyone's fucked in this everyone is hurt and it's it's a it's a it's a shitty situation that hopefully like i said is going to it's gonna. I hope now, you know, change is slow in this country. Change is slow, always. But uh, you know, it's time. It is time for white the white man to step aside. This is the the end of the the Trumps. I hope this is the end of of the white man reign. <laughs> I hope, man. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> maybe maybe women and black people will get a little piece of the pie from now on. I don't know. And I don't know what to do. I feel like I, I don't know what to do. Do you know what to do? I don't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boop, boop, boop. Terrible. But anyways, look, enough enough of this. Let's go on to your life. Because uh, what's that saying? The social is the political. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm not a marcher. I'm not a big protester. I don't go out into the streets. I record podcasts from the safety of my little home I take care of my my family and I try to be good in my immediate sphere of interaction. I think that's, isn't that what we all can do? I don't, who the fuck am I? What am I talking about? I don't know. Anyways, uh, let's do some emails. How about that? 
Hi, hi, Christine. I'm emailing you today because I'm asking for advice. It's been on my mind for the last five years. Is there something wrong with me because I am single? I'm an awkward, nervous, 23-year-old female, and I'm also a college student who has never been in a relationship. To make things more complicated, I have anxiety. Sexy, right? Uh, 23 years old, and to not have a relationship, that's not that cray-cray. That's not, that's not uh, too... And I know people that lost their virginity around that time, too. That's not... Uh, I think in this era where everyone's fucking at uh, you know, 13 and oversexed, it feels weird, I'm, I'm assuming. But in real life, I think there's a lot more people like you than, than you know. Uh, I, I've never had a normal life because I have a 26-year-old autistic brother and all my life I felt that I was different from my peers. Growing up with a brother who has a disability, I always felt that, felt that the older sibling role was assigned to me. My childhood was very different and kind of traumatic. I was also bullied when I was growing up since I was such an easy target because I was extremely shy and quiet, still am. I always felt that I was never good enough for anyone and I had emotional problems and was suicidal when I was in middle, middle school. All that took a turn for the worst when I went into high school and, and quote-unquote fell in love with the most selfish, unemotional, unstable asshole. Oh, did I mention I was 14? He surprisingly had a crush on me, but he ended up asking another girl out. All through high school, he treated me like garbage and brainwashed me. Whenever he would say or do something that hurt or upset me, I would try to confront him. He would always blame me for being, quote, too sensitive. Yeah, that's usually what creeps say. Thankfully, I have seen the light and kicked him out of my life for good. Unfortunately, my demons from my past still creep up on me. I ask why I am single because I am very curious. I have no interest rushing into a relationship because I made that mistake. I believe strongly that the best things in life happen when you are when you least expect it. I do not go to bars or clubs. Thank you. Good. Because that environment scares the shit out of me. It should. It's terrible. I prefer to stay home and read books and watch old Hollywood movies. Good for you. Hope you can help me since you were once 23 yourself. So to conclude my email, I ask you, Mommy Jeans, is there something wrong with me? Is it because of my upbringing? Is it because of my past battles? Or does the universe secretly have it out for me? Thank you for your time. Huge fan of the show. Listen, listen. First of all, having a relationship at 23, look, there are exceptions to the rule. There are people who met at like 14 and are still married and in their 40s and 50s. There's people I'm friends with now that met as 13-year-olds that are still married and, and wildly in love and it's awesome. Uh, for me personally at your age, dude, don't even look at guys until they are 28. 23-year-old <laughs> uh, males, objective, most of them are just out for, you know, sticking it in you and, and going. I'm not saying that's for all of them, but hey, man, that's the time. And I just remember being your age and being like, I can't wait to be fucking 30 when dudes are more normal and have mellowed out a bit. Now, you might say, well, Christina, should I date a 30-year-old as a 23-year-old? No, because that's worlds apart. You guys don't even share the same worldview. And quite frankly, I feel that that relationship is so unequal. It's predatory in nature, meaning the dude is really just in into a 23-year-old girl for her, her tits, right? I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. There's, uh, there's those relationships, right? The exchange for 
tits and ass and in exchange for money. Okay. It's an arrangement, but that's not love. You sound like you need love. You need love, boo-boo. So listen. Okay. 23, not that young. I said that. And, and, okay. You're 20, you grew up with a 26-year-old older brother that was autistic and you had to take care of him, it sounds like. And your childhood was different and traumatic. Yeah. Um, and, and you're asking, though, will this hold you back from having healthy relationships where your suicidal past holds you back from having a life, a normal life? And there's two, there's the short answer is, yeah, if you let it, yeah, if you allow, you know, the past to define you, if you, if you uh, tell the story over and over of who you are being your past, I am, I am the sister of an autistic 26 year old guy, brother, sorry, I grew up having to raise him. I, I was suicidal and I have a traumatic, yeah, then you're going to, you're going to go into the world with that frame of mind and you're going to attract douchebags like the guy who uh took advantage of you that's the danger that's the and that's <laughs> the point is you're not messed up okay you're not messed up your parents were messed up your family structure you grew up in was most likely messed up mommy and daddy were not healthy people and uh, when two unhealthy people get together and they make children, it's a fucking disaster. And now guess who's left carrying the bag? It's you. And it sucks. It fucking sucks. It's the worst. Because your parents, I'm sure, have no clue. <laughs> they're, they're just enjoying their life. You're the one that's going to have to untangle uh, the nightmare that is your emotional existence. So listen, here's what you do. What did I say at the beginning of the show? Get your ass into a therapist. Now, a good one. One that you connect with. Not just anybody. Find a therapist that you like, trust, click with. One that challenges you, pushes you a little bit, makes you feel uncomfortable. Sometimes you'll cry. Sometimes you're going to feel things you don't want to feel. But then you get over it. You get to the other side of it and you make better decisions and you attract better people. Right? Like, what is it? Like Dan Pena said, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future, you fucking losers. <laughs> yeah. Because when I was your age, I, listen, I hung out with losers. I dated losers because I was, I was, I was fucked up too. I came from a shitty family. But that doesn't mean you're going to have a shitty adulthood. It just means you got, a, you got a bag of stuff that's a little trickier to deal with. That's all. That's all. And it also means, by the way, don't go downloading this shit to every guy you meet until, until he's ready to hear your story. Everybody has a story, but don't lay it out on the first date. Give him some time to know you, and then when someone deserves a story, they get your story. You feel me? You have anxiety because of your fucked up childhood. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. And, and remember, boo-boo, that's not, you. That's not from you. That came from outside of you. And you were a scared little kid. And I, I'm guessing your parents didn't know how to connect with you emotionally. And there you go. And don't go out to bars and nightclubs. What a terrible place to meet somebody. A terrible place. I, I never met a good man at a bar or a nightclub. That, that's where people go to hook up, man. And if you want to hook up, good. Go do that. But you're never, you're never 
you know where you're going to meet the guy who's a decent guy doing stuff that you like to do. You like Hollywood movies? I know here in LA, there's a, they do like a movie night at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery and they show movies. Go, go to something like that with a friend and go meet the dudes that are there. Go do shit you like. You're going to meet people doing the stuff you like. Not now where people are drunk and looking for... I, I absolutely fucking hated bars when I was... I, I like going to them to get fucked up and dance when I was a younger uh, person. But to meet people, you better get your life. God, I, hate, I hated just being a, a, a fucking slam piece for dudes in my early 20s. That's all you are at that age, really. Forgot most guys, not all of them, most. They just want to pump and dump, dude. Wait, yeah, pump and dump. That's right, not the other way around, dump and pump, No. Yeah. And listen, don't be surprised if someone had a crush on you. You're worth being loved. I, it makes me sad when you say, he surprisingly had a crush on me. Don't, no, 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 no. Why, who wouldn't love you? You sound fantastic. You sound smart, but you need therapy. There you go. There's my advice. Therapy, 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 motherfuckers. And don't, don't be a pussy. And, right? Like Dan Pena. Come on, guys. Don't be a cunt. <laughs> Okay. All right, here we go. Dear, powerful Pajitsky. Oh, I like that. I'll try to condense this the best I can. I'm 24, been married since I was 18, and have two beautiful children, three and six years old. Wow. Married since 18. Yeah, that's tough. Yesterday, I kind of cornered my wife about our past because I always had the feeling I wasn't told the truth while we were dating in our teenagers. Isn't that interesting? You always had the feeling... Uh, you know, you don't need to go through your partner's cell phone. You don't need to go through people's emails. You don't need to go through their diaries. You know why? Because if you have the feeling that some shit's going down, shit's going down. You don't, you don't need to confirm it. It's there. <laughs> I don't understand these relationships where people are constantly going through each other's text messages. Why? You know what the fucker's doing. You know it. Anyways, this person says, I got her to fess up that while we were dating which at the time was 15 to 17-ish years old, that she cheated on me with four dudes and one without protection. I later that night found out a while in our first... Wait, hold on. I later that night found a while in our first year of marriage. It got rocky and we had a new baby and were young and she banged a dude she worked with twice. And that has been the last time, six years ago. Okay, so that was six years ago, the last time she cheated. The question is, how do you feel I should handle this? 95% of myself wants to be the bigger person and accept another person and their faults, but I don't want to be seen as weak. 5% of myself wants to leave and start a new life, but I fear for my kids having a broken home. It bothers me. I've only ever banged her in my life because I would never cheat on her and she had five other guys. Should I be banging every chick I see to get even or will that not fix anything and just cause more pain? I have grown up and experienced everything in life with my wife and I love her more than anything in this world, but I'm hurt. I try to keep in mind that it was six years ago and I can barely remember six years ago. Do I forgive and keep my beautiful family and accept that everyone has baggage and faults in life or break up my family just to chase some other woman that I really don't want to do. Is time the only thing that will repair the hurtfulness and trust or is saying cheaters will be, oh, will always be cheaters be true? 
P.S. She has apologized and been on the brink of suicide for the stupid teenage thing she did and the two times while we were married the first year. And I understand that it took a lot of courage to risk everything in her life to tell the truth. Okay. <laughs> he writes, PPS, what the fuck are we doing here? Good. I like that. PPS, get your life and stop hanging uh, with your bum friends. I I couldn't agree more. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. Hold on. Let's see. Let's get some Dan Pena on this. He needs to chime in. Now, you yeah. put a number by every fucking person that you emailed, <laughs> yeah. Skype fucked, yeah. tweet fucked, yep. link fucked. Yeah. And which one of your goals on this other side of the paper they have anything to do with? Okay. Thank you, Dan. All right. So there's a lot of shit going on, and I think a lot of people can relate to this uh, email uh, writer. Number one, uh, when your wife did these things, she was a teenager, a a child, really, a child. Uh, You're not a human. You're not a fully developed adult until you're 28 years old. And for those of you listening who are not married and have no children, stay that way until you're at least 28. That's my recommendation based on what I've seen in life. Most people cannot get married this early and hold it together. Most people. not There's exceptions to the rule. As I said, there I know of a lot of people, not a lot, maybe three couples, who married, who got together at like 15, and they're still married today in their 40s, and they have children, and it's, it's fine. But that is, it, it's a little rarer. Um. But yeah, dude, listen, 15 to 17 years old with four dudes, I'm pretty sure I did the same thing (laughs) to my boyfriend at the time, not my husband. Uh, But, you know, listen, it sounds like your wife has some issues and she, she, uh, she was a married, you guys had a new baby and she banged a dude she worked with twice and that was six, six years ago. It sounds to me like your wife, when she was younger, um, had some, you know, obvious self-esteem issues and acted out sexually. Some people, when they're threatened or they feel fucked up in their lives, they'll drink alcohol, they'll overeat, um, they will act out compulsively, they will uh, gamble or whatever. And that's uh, that was her advice, it sounds like, is, is to get validated and feel loved and and exciting and to feel desired uh, by dudes, it's it is a uh, it's seductive, of course. And I think when you're young, she was so young, and so are you, by the way, 24, and you're married since 18. God bless you with two kids. Wow. Okay, so you guys grew up really early. It sounds to me like you guys may have had some bullshit <laughs> going on early in your lives, which is why you wanted to start a family so early. So listen, forgive. You got to forgive at this point. You got too much on the line. And I know she's had to bang other people and you have none. And I think that's totally unfair. I think you should be able to go bang too, but <laughs> you're just gonna, that's not going to solve it. Trust me. That never works. That never works. I think I tried that once in my youth as well. The, the revenge bang, the, I get to have one cause you had one bang makes things way worse. So don't even go there. <laughs> And by, for the record, let, let me tell you something. As a as a forty year old woman, uh, you know, I say do everything in your twenties, just because it, it's it's good to experience stuff so that you don't ever go, hey, what if? Okay, that's really the only reason. Just or, or wonder what what would happen. You don't want to wonder 
What was that like uh, on your deathbed? That's the only reason I say these things. But can I tell you the truth, dear writer? You know, 80% of the time, the reality of the fantasy, it's not that great. It's not. (laughs) Ah. I and looking back on many awkward sexual experiences in my early years, I I could have done without a few. And there weren't so many. But enough to to make me go, I, I you know, before my husband did I really I I don't care. I love my husband. I love Tom. He's all I need. He's fantastic. I I could have done without the 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 guys before him. Again, I was not a huge promiscuous person. I probably didn't bang as many people as I as I should have, I, but you know, the point is I, I think because emotionally I couldn't handle it and uh, that, that's me, that's not you. The point is sex is in the mind and uh, pussy's pussy. <laughs> it really is. We're all uh, folds and, and flesh and flab. The older we get, we're just flesh and meat, meat globules uh, rubbing against each other. It's all friction and meat and cheese. And that's it. And who cares if it's with a, a different vessel, a different uh, container of meat? Uh, it's silly. It is silly. The I think this era, you know, there was a time in American culture in the 1950s and every time, the 1950s and prior, everything before the 1950s, where you did get married at 18 and you had children and you you were faithful, theoretically, to one person. And that's just kind of how we rolled. Or maybe men had mistresses and women quietly suffered, but uh, that's another story. And then the 60s came and sexual liberation and the birth control pill happened and women's lib happened and, and everything opened up. And I wonder, are we any better for it all? Really, at the end of the day, is it necessarily better to have fucked 40, 50, 80 people before you meet the man of your dreams or woman of your dreams and, you know, settle into a family. I don't think settle. I always hated that phrase as well. Before you consciously couple, is that a Gwyneth Paltrow thing? (laughs) Conscious uncoupling. I think you should consciously couple. Uh, It doesn't, I don't know if that enhances it or whatever. Multiple partners. I don't know. I think society tells us that we have to be fucking everything and you know, that's part of the experience, right? You gotta fuck, you gotta fuck, especially guys. Boy, oh boy, that's, you're, you guys are really pressured into um, your numbers. You gotta fuck a lot of people, right? Or otherwise you're just half a fag. Isn't that the point? <sighs> Anyways, it sounds to me like you do want to keep it together. And it sounds to me like you want to stay married. And it sounds like you, you feel loving towards her still. And I think the only way you can do it I don't think cheaters will always be cheaters. I don't agree with that. I, I cheated on people as a young girl about the same age as your uh, wife. <laughs> and I have never cheated on my husband. And uh, I don't think I will. So yeah, you can change. You can grow up. You can look at the reasons why you act out. It's an acting out is what she's doing. It has nothing to do with you, boo-boo, is the point of the story. That's some weak shit. That's some young girl weak shit. And you got to forgive a young girl for being weak. And if she's apologized, yeah, I think you got to focus on your two boo-boos, your three, three and six, man, you're in it. Focus on those babies and focus on the good things that you love about your wife and forget it. Try to forget it. If it's six years and she's been 
on the straight and narrow, I'd say that she's out of it. And don't believe that if you, I don't believe that people don't change. I don't believe that. I think people change all the time. I think society can change and is changing all the time. But I, I just think that you, you got to be brave and um, it takes courage to be forgiving. It takes courage to be loving much more than to be like, fuck that bitch and then go bang somebody and dissolve your marriage and ruin your kids' lives. Yeah. By the way, I know that I've spoken out against divorce on this show, but I want to make the one caveat here because I lay in bed at night worrying that I'm telling you guys the wrong shit. Listen, I don't say, don't, don't stay with somebody that is alcoholic, abusive, mentally ill and not seeking treatment. Uh, a gambling addict has, you know, is endangering you. Obviously, those are reasons to dissolve a marriage and a family. Obviously. Okay. But this, this is, uh, it's hard. It's hard to forgive, man. And you're always going to have one eye on her. That's just the truth. You're going to have to try not to. Um, but yeah, you're just going to have to find a way to focus on the good things about her and forget um, the past. Just focus on the future, my man. Right? I think that's today's theme is, uh, at least personally, not with the not with the killing of black men <laughs> by the police. We, we should remember the past on that one because uh, we seem to have forgotten mm, the past. But personal life, you can't let the past dictate the future. Otherwise, you keep repeating the same shit over and over in, in your life. You're going to break up with this girl. Guess what? Listen, if you break up with her and you bang some other girl, you're going to end up with an insecure girl anyways. You know what I mean? Because your wiring is such. Now, here's one thing you can do, sir, to make it a little easier for you, to give you a little bit of insurance. I would tell her to get her ass into therapy and explore why she felt the need to act out. I don't know, though, but if it's six years ago, maybe she's over it. But it sounds to me that everybody could benefit from therapy anyways. Not couples. I'm not telling you to go as a couple yet. I say go independently and see what happens. That's my advice to you. There you go. All right, next one. Hey, mommy, I'm having some issues with anger. God, aren't we all? And good for you uh, for expressing it. This is a male writer, and I love that, you know, males have a much easier time expressing anger. I wish more women uh, could access it quicker. Anyways, I've been suffering issues with my family. I'm a college student, and I'm a child of divorce. I am close to both of my parents, but I'm drifting away from my father. My dad has a girlfriend who he's been dating for two years and I was so happy for him. And at first, she seemed like the best thing to ever happen to my dad's side of the family. Here we go. She lived out of state and away in the beginning. But last fall, she moved in with my dad and she opened her business. And ever since she moved in, things have begun to happen. No shit. I no longer feel welcome in my home. No shit. She flipped our house. She got rid of all my shit. And my three dogs are now sleeping in a garage. Oh, hell no. While her small dog is living inside, hell no. All of these things have been driving have been driving into me deeply, and I had not done anything about it until Christmas. And my dad's girlfriend said something to me that set me off, and I lost my temper in front of our family. I raised my voice, my face got red, and my family was in shock. And after that fight... I had with my dad's girlfriend. My dad has blamed me for several of their fights. Ever since this has begun, uh, I have been easily angered. 
I started fighting with my roommate more often. I've been getting angry at work. I can't decide if I should seek help about my anger or if I am just going through a rough patch. Please help, Mommy Jeans. Uh, Number one, seek help about your anger. Why not? What have you got to lose? Seek help. Number one, always. For everybody writing into me, the first thing I'm going to tell you, don't listen to me. Listen to your fucking therapist. Get your ass into therapy. Now, after that, and keep going, by the way. Don't do this horse shit where you go for like three sessions and go, oh, I'm cured. You're never cured. That's the point. That's okay, though. It's supposed to be a fucking ongoing thing. Okay. <sighs> you know, there's no such thing as cured. Human beings, the human condition, how it works is you're evolving. That's why people, oh, I don't go to therapy. Am I supposed to go forever? Yeah. You go, you go constantly, consistently, because are you the same person as you were last week? No. No. Constant change. That's the only, the only certain thing in life. It's constant fucking change. Okay? It's change. It's scary. Everything evolves. Everything grows. And if you don't change with it, then your whole life gets fucked up. Thank you, Tant Pena. Here we go. Here's what happened to you, kiddo. Uh, as somebody that deal, dealt deals, I would say I, I've dealt with this shit my whole life. Uh, by that, I mean mommy and daddy split. And daddy's got a new shiny toy. And I've seen about in my life just hundreds of shiny toys. They come, they go. Some lived with us, some didn't. Some lasted for longer than a month. Some lasted for years, but they all come and they all go. So know that this bitch, she may come and go, but I don't know. I don't know him well enough to say, but here's the deal. Unfortunately, you're angry because the problem isn't the girlfriend. And I'm not going to like to say this to you, but the truth is the problem is your dad because he's being a pussy and he's not standing up to the girlfriend to fight for you. And that's why you're full of rage because it goes against the natural order of things. Your dad should be on your side. You're his son. That's how it fucking works. Unfortunately, your dad sounds to me like a weak, maybe insecure man who needs this fucking woman to validate him for whatever reason. He feels better with this person, this woman around him. And it's to your detriment. Man, and I, I got, I, you know, it's funny, the shit that you say, I had the same exact thing happen to me. I remember going through my own fridge and one of, one of these toys asked me what I was doing, going through my own fridge in my fucking house, bro. Uh, so there you go. Now, here's the one thing I would ask you. You say you're a college student. Does daddy support you? And my answer to you is going to hinge on this because if daddy gives you money, unfortunately, you got to play nice with this bitch until you don't need daddy's money. <laughs> so either you play ball Unfortunately, sometimes you got to play ball with the toys that come in, in and out of daddy's life. Because uh, if sometimes if you want a relationship with the father, you're going to have to make nice with the girl. Yeah. And it sucks. Now, if he, if he doesn't give you money, if you don't depend on him financially, you can tell him to go fuck himself and grow a pair and uh, kick this slut to the curb. And who cares? And in a few years when he realizes maybe he will, maybe he won't, uh, hey, I've lost this relationship with my son over this hoe. Uh, maybe he'll come around, but I, I don't know. I can't say. 
I can't say. But you're, you're never going to win this with your pops by yelling at the girlfriend. In fact, it's going to put a bigger wedge between the two of you because he's too much of a puss to stand up to her and fight for you. So there you go. I'm sorry. Your dad has chosen uh, this dumb dumb over you. And it's horrible, man. It's horrible. And I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm, I, my heart breaks for you. Believe me. I've had this one in my world many, 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 many times. <laughs> you just have to, you know what? And I, you can't even be mad at him because it's a weakness thing. Uh, if you can, see your father as a scared little boy. He is. He's a scared little boy. And uh, he needs a lot of reassurance and for whatever reason, this woman gives it to him. So, yeah, there you go. And and as far as the anger, good for you. I'm glad you recognize it. Uh, go talk to somebody. And and this is a deep issue, bro. This is not. This is not something. Just listening to me tell you, it, it it's not going to be resolved. You got to work through this with a shrink because it sounds to me like you got a fucked up, fucked up dad, which means you got some issues too. So take care of you. And fuck him. Sorry, you know. Like I said, unless he supports you, in which case you got to make nice with a girl for as long as you can. Okay, there you go. <laughs> okay, last one. This one's exciting because I remember this lady wrote into me a long time ago, and I'm I'm so happy to hear from her again. Uh, here we go. I remember you. I do remember. Uh, okay, so this woman she wrote to me a while back. And she wrote about being secretly happy that she had a son because being a woman is so complicated. I remember uh, she's also a professional. We'll hear Let her say it. Well, now she goes, I'm pregnant again and don't know yet if I'm having a girl or a boy. I'll find out next month. My question slash thought have been on staying at home after the second child or keeping at my career. Regardless of the fact that I have a PhD in molecular biology, my husband makes nearly three times the salary I do. This is not a glass ceiling issue. Just don't go into academic science and expect to get anywhere unless you work 60 plus hours a week. Oh my God. But hearing some of your experiences with downshifting the time you spend on the road and spending a lot of time with your son makes me wonder if working so hard and being apart from my son and eventually a second child is even worth it. After daycare, I would take home about $300 a month. Is it worth it? Will I regret missing my time with my kids? If I stay home, will I regret not putting the 13 years of scientific training to use? Will I be bored? Will my son miss his friends from daycare? Is there any common ground? Well, you can see that the little hamster is running his wheel in my mind. Any thoughts you have or had in your choices would help me out because I'm currently an overeducated hormonal mess of too many ideas. (laughs) Yes, you are, my love. And uh, pregnancy is no joke. So keep aware that, you know, that you're also pregnant and it's miserable. So, okay. Yeah. A lot going on here. Um, yeah. So you have a PhD in molecular biology and you, ha- uh, you can't get anywhere you're saying unless you're working 60 plus hours uh, per week. Is that necessarily the case? I wonder, Um, and I know from where you're standing, you're telling me that, is that, is that the hard number? Um, Because I wonder, you're, you're a highly educated woman. You've worked a a long time doing this stuff. Um, 
I, I don't know. I don't know if you're, it's, it's hot. First of all, let's stop by saying that it's a highly personal decision, whether or not to stay at home with the kids full time, highly personal. Nobody can tell you yes or no. Um, that being said, I don't know if you've been on Facebook lately. <laughs> there was some uh, video being passed around about how stay-at-home moms are undervalued and overworked and stressed out. And this video was like, these poor women were just just miserable. One woman was like, I haven't showered today. I'm still wearing my pajamas. I'm taking the kids to the school. I haven't washed my hair. And, you know, I cook, I clean. I should be making six figures a year for the amount of shit that I do. And no one values me. And... And yeah, I'll say it, no one does value the stay-at-home mom right now. Maybe there's, there's a little bit of a movement where it's starting to be seen as, as more of a thing. But yeah, unfortunately, one of the blowbacks from the women's movement is that the, the biggest mistake we made was to devalue what women did in the home. Making a home is very important work. It is the most important work. Uh, taking care of children is fucking really important and there's nothing <laughs> I, I don't know when that happened that caring for a home and uh and children and a husband was considered that's the taboo now it's just interesting it's like the opposite where you're supposed to be beyonce right like i keep saying <laughs> beyonce is the goal i'm supposed to be a full-time a superstar and a power mom a tiger mom or whatever the fuck it is i'm supposed to be able to breastfeed and get my makeup done you know, in a makeup chair at the same time, and it's all supposed to work. And, and the, you know, the truth is that it, it's hard to juggle everything, and it's hard to be a stay-at-home mom. Um, and for you particularly, it, it sounds like going from this really, really advanced career that you have, going that drastically to full, full-time stay-at-home mom, I don't know if that's necessarily necessarily the way you know to go only because from what i've observed in my life and in life in general is that you don't want to do anything too extreme at first you want to do some baby steps so my counsel would be can you can you do a trial run is there any way you can once the second kid arrives take time uh and see if that is something you can do because it, it i gotta tell you i'm not a stay-at-home mom i'm i uh, have downshifted. I found what's what's a pleasant middle ground for me. Where I, listen, one, we had one week where our, our nanny we didn't have a nanny, <laughs> and I basically was a stay at home mom when Tom was on the road, and it it was horrible. <laughs> I can't personally. I can't. I cannot. As much as I love my son, it's a really different ball game when it's twenty four seven. It's a very different ball game. Some women love it. Some women can do it personally. I, I can't do it that much. Now, I have some part-time help, and I'm with LJ, little jeans, you know, as much as I can, but I also got to take breaks and I got to do work. So is there a middle ground for you? Is there a way to do a trial run at being a stay-at-home mom, A? And if not, B, can you downshift? Is it absolutely necessary to do 60 hours a week? And by the way, that's not healthy for anybody. That's a lot. That's not conducive to any kind of life, 60 hours a week doing anything, parenting or working it's too much dude uh yeah yeah on it's too much um by the way I, I don't know if you've read lean in what's her name susan fart fart liquor the big uh facebook ceo i don't fucking remember her name but she wrote that book lean in i i advise reading it 
just because uh, she talks about women completely dipping out of the workforce and how in the long run you may not want to do that. Even if you are only taking home 300 a month, it's not really about that. It's about kind of staying in. You want to keep your foot in the ring because at some point your kids are going to be older, out of school, and then what do you do? You know what I'm saying? You feel me? You know what I'm talking about? You don't want to be out of the workforce for uh, 18 years and then what? Uh, especially for someone like you, like I'm saying, who's so, so into being a professional. Uh, there's got to be a middle ground somewhere. Don't look at the money if you, if you can. If you say your husband makes more, great. Let him fucking, let him uh, bust his balls <laughs> to make the money. You're, you're in a wonderful position, sweetie, um, where you can, you, can, you can still lean in, but maybe not full-time. How's part-time work sound? And that way you kind of get the best of both worlds. I believe in having, there's no rule that you can have your cake and eat it too. I think you really can. I don't know who said that. That was stupid. That's for some low expectation uh, losers. <laughs> you can't have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, you can all the time, actually. <laughs> if, you, if you plan, if you're smart enough, uh, if, you, if you stop living out of fear, yeah, you can. You can have a wonderful life. Uh, you can have the life that you want. Regardless of your upbringing, your your fucked up childhood, your fucked up parents, your your suicidal pain, you can have you can have the life you want. It's it just takes a little bit of, not a little bit. It takes a lot of conscious effort and um, a lot of work. But what else are you going to do with your life? <laughs> You're just going to keep being a miserable sack of shit. You're going to keep being a turd. No, you got to make it better. So there you go. That's my. Uh, episode on advice. I gave advice to everybody who wrote in. Oh, wait. wait, One more. Oh, Christ. Okay, here we go. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Wait. This is two of my friends got married in last year and... Oh, I'm I'm fucking... I've been debating writing you for some time, your podcast... Uh, because uh, I, like you, don't like meeting new people or making new friends. Absolutely. I got all the friends I need. My boyfriend and I are both introverts. We say no to hanging out with most people and would rather watch Netflix with our dog. We hate visitors. Hey, this sounds like my life exactly. Oh, I like this. Yeah, see, I don't even have friends that are losers. I don't have friends. There we go. I can't wait to have a baby just to use it as an excuse to get out of something. Oh, and you will. That's the best part of having a child. Oh, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Two of my friends got married in the last year and he didn't go to either wedding with me because, quote, he doesn't know anyone or, quote, doesn't like people. He forgets that this is important to me and they're my friends. If he never makes the effort, he'll never get to know them. But that's fine with him. We've been living together for three years. This isn't a new relationship. He hasn't even met my one friend. Oh, dear. <laughs> Uh, hold on a second. This is about the boyfriend. My boyfriend and I are both introverts. Okay, so uh, he forgets this is important. We've been living together for three years. This isn't a new relationship. He hasn't even met my one friend. Okay. He's also not interested in sex. Uh-oh. We actually haven't had sex in a year. Uh-oh. Which is so embarrassing. I've never told anyone. He's not completely disconnected because he started doing other sweet things like cooking us dinner every single night but I'd like someone to want me again. 
We used to have sex all the time when we first started dating. I've also always dated guys that were crazy about me. They complimented me. He never compliments me. He's also very private, and I know he finds things such as complimenting someone awkward for him, but it's for me. I don't want a relationship where I'm the mother and he's the son. I don't want to discuss money or our Sunday errands or what groceries we need. I would like some interest. Once again, I've never spoken to anyone about this, even him. I know the first step is talking to him about it, but he gets angry or defensive when I discuss my feelings or emotions. Well, so far, it sounds great. He'll probably just say, this is what real relationships turn into. Oh, boy. That lovey-dovey is fake and an illusion. Oh, boy. I'm considering getting a therapist. Thank you, fucking somebody, for saying that. Just for this, but since you read my mind and also love your introverted life and husband, perhaps you have some wisdom to share. Hey, man, number one, get a fucking therapist. Absolutely. You need to get into therapy. Number two, uh, lovey-dovey relationships are not fake or illusory. I, Me and the Tinas are very lovey-dovey and very kissy-kissy. And that is a big part of a marriage, especially if it's something that you desire in a marriage. Um, no. And listen, some guys don't have a high sex drive. Some guys are completely content with just cooking dinner, watching Netflix, petting the dog, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's just how they're wired. And that's fine. But maybe that's not for you. So the issue here is that you guys are compatible in some regards, but not in the big ones. And the big ones are having your emotional needs met. He gets defensive when you discuss your feelings or emotions. Probably not a good thing for you. That's no good. You got to be with someone that's willing to listen to you. It's a huge problem. And uh, no, real relationships don't necessarily have to turn into a sexless, uncommunicative <laughs> relationships where your needs aren't being met. That's not that's not what it is. In fact, it should be the opposite. Um, so this is a uh, problematic. So maybe you're a homebody that desires another homebody who also likes sex, affection, and discussing feelings. So your list needs to be a little revised. And it sounds like you've been this with this dude for three years. And oh, are, wait, is this a, a boy who's writing this or a girl? No, it's a girl. Um, I just, I, you know, you can talk to him about this. I think you should. Uh, maybe find out what, when did the sex stop? And by the way, it's very common. You're not such a freakazoid. I've heard many couples say that we haven't had sex for a year, two years, three years. It happens. It does happen to some people. Some people are fine with that happening. Uh, in my relationship, that would, no, that's not, not a no-go. But uh, for some people, that's the norm. And that's not, not bad for some people. Uh, you got to talk to him first, obviously. Get a shrink. You're, you're going to need support. Because why are you with somebody who doesn't fulfill your needs? That's the real issue here. It's not about him. It's about you. Why are you with a man who's not fulfilling uh, some very, very big needs? Why are you settling for less and significantly less in, in this regard? Because th- this is a big deal. Uh, if you want sex and you're not getting it, that is a big deal. Emotions are a big deal. Meeting your friends if you want him to and he's not, that's a big deal. These are, these are big issues. And if you want to marry this guy, these are deal breakers. This is a, this is a very big deal. Uh, get yourself a shrink, get some support, talk to this guy and work through it. Maybe you can work it out. 
But I'm telling you, if his wiring is low sex drive, low social, social whatever skills, he's going to probably be that way for for the rest of his life, unless he changes, unless he wants to actively change. Um, so you got to be either down with that shit or you got to be out. And it sounds like you're young. It sounds like you, you, you're living together. I don't advocate that. Uh, before marriage, get engaged first and then live together. Without a commitment, it's... Ugh. I only say that because it's harder to detangle once you're, you've, you're living with somebody and you're just living with somebody. Without a commitment, it is, it is 10 times harder to just split, which is why I'm getting this email from you. <laughs> if it were just some guy that you were seeing, you'd be like, oh, fuck him, on to the next. <laughs> the fact that you live with him makes it more complicated. And uh, that's why I don't advocate for young people to just, you know, live together. I don't think so. And I know that's not hip. It's not cool. It's not now, but I don't give a shit. I I just think that it's, I've done it myself. Speaking to someone who did it, it fucking sucks. And you deserve better. You deserve uh, commitment from a man who will fuck you and listen to you and meet your friends. (laughs) Okay. So that was it. Uh, That was fun, you guys. I, I enjoyed this. If you enjoyed it. I will do this again. Uh, yeah, that was super cool, guys. Good luck to everybody that wrote in. And um, let's we should leave with a little more Dan Pena. I feel like he's... He's... Oh, I don't... Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um, okay. Let's leave with this one. Oh, I like this one. This is so stupid. <laughs> this is why you're fucking poor! There you go. This is why you're fucking poor. What's this one? Let's see. I love this guy interviewing. Library. And I thought I th- I thought you left. He says, No, no, oh, no, you were right. right. You're so right. I'll be the first if I walk. Yeah, yeah, if you walk, you'll be you'll be the there'll be plenty of cunts here, but you may be the first cunt to walk out. There you go. Be the first cunt to walk out. <laughs> it's so crazy. They think you're a big fucking deal. I know you're not. <laughs> I know you're not. I know you're not, fucker. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Let's hope nothing horrible happens over the weekend again uh, with this mess. <sighs> with police getting killed and black people getting killed. It sucks. Anyways, um, yeah. Take care of yourself. Be good. And uh, until next week, that's been D-Bro. Philosophize with. Yeah, it's Christina P, aka Miss Jeans. This ain't your mom's house. It's a different theme. Gotta be critically thinking. Like you caught up at a cocktail party, our thoughts start to sink in. John Locke. Or was it Socrates, Aristotle or Plato, maybe Hippocrates Got us talking all properly, topically Just a comedian discussing these philosophies Serious questions, silly people What's that? That's tea, bro It is the ultimate metaphor for life, and you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro That's deep, bro That's deep, bro